0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend in Scottish football. Rangers leave it very late to see off Hearts in an incident-packed game and cut Celtic's lead to five points at the top. The hoops, of course, were held to a 0-0 draw at Hibs and now have to do without Rio Hatati for the rest of the year. And there's another managerial casualty as Stephen McLean is sacked by St Johnston. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. Well, it was a major European hangover for Aberdeen at Kelly yesterday a minor European hangover for Celtic at Hibs on Saturday almost a European hangover for Rangers until they were rescued by the man in the mask late heroics for you and Motherwell and indeed as well and as you say Stephen McLean leaves St Johnson after that remarkable post-match interview he was right enough the players will never play for him again oh he's been desperate to get that line in <laughs> he's been working on that all week I knew somebody would stole it. he, he, stole he, he was right Stephen McLean yep. said they'll never play for me again uh, lo and behold, uh, another dramatic and busy old weekend, Kenny. Oh, it sure was. Action-packed, particularly at the end of the games. Uh, uh, Mullerwell, Ross County, which was, was carnage towards the end of that game. Malcolm <laughs> McKay must be looking at thinking how his team have, have not got three points. And probably Stephen A. Smith as well, tearing at the hair that he's got left uh, after... <laughs> Looking pretty comfortable. I know there was running a lot of Rangers possession, but without really creating too much and to, and, and to come away empty handed again, he'll be scratching his head at how that's happened. What I would say is he's, he's probably got his, uh, his assessment of the penalty wrong, is what I would say. But, uh, again, yep, late action for Rangers stealing a nine minutes. When the nine minutes went up though, Gordon, I thought, oh, here we go with that momentum and the, the energy that, that the fans brought after the equaliser. There could be something going on here and, and Danilo Julia obliged. 0141-951-1025 There's always a lot of talking points on a Monday night But particularly this Monday night There is no excuse So give us a call and let us know what is on your mind 0141-951-1025 If we start with yesterday It doesn't get much later than that Rangers fans Is that a, a sign of a mentality shift? Is that a game that you would have lost or, or dropped points in under the previous manager? Or are you still concerned about the performance levels? Because there was an awful lot of complaining being done right up until the end. So what did you take away from yesterday? Of course, there were penalties and various other incidents that everyone's been arguing over on social media already. So if you want to have your say on them, please do. Same number. Uh, Celtic fans, how disappointing was it to drop points on Saturday? Does that form part of a bigger worry for you is it something that concerns you or is it just an off day and you see things smoothing themselves over how big a loss is Rio Hatati quantify it for us he's going to miss the rest of the year by the looks of it are you relaxed about that is the depth there to take his place or is that something that does concern you we've got a managerial hunt on at St Johnston six goal thrillers at Fir Park as Kenny said Kilmarnock with a good result St Mirren flying high and even some Scottish Cup fun across the weekend as well. So 01419511025, call us right now please, and we'll do our best to get you on very soon indeed. To whet your appetite though, let's put these two on the spot. Result of the weekend. Result of the weekend, normally a Rangers home win wouldn't register, but I think just the way it was completed yesterday, Celtic dropped points on Saturday, it looked as if Rangers were going to drop even more points, and then 
90 plus 1 and 90 plus 3 or 4 was it James Tavernier scores the penalty Danilo scores the goal to win it and cut the gap to 5 points it could be huge for Philippe Clement it's the importance of it rather than yes. the impressive nature of it um, Kenny your result of the weekend I'm actually getting bored going to Paisley for <laughs> results players and goals but I think you just can't take anything away from them at the moment. Like that's the, their momentum is just continuing. You know, at the moment they're actually going toe to toe with Rangers in terms of their uh, where they're sitting in the league and the points that they're achieving. And that was just I know it's against St Johnston who are toiling. They've no other win, but still, to I think the expectation will now be kind of risen and, and Paisley and the fans will be turning up again their home form's been good the, the the fans will be turning up expecting and these players are just living up to it I mean that's a can really really convincing win yep against a, a poor St Johnston team but to go there and win 4-0 and just keep this wonderful start to go I think it's got to go to St Marin for me and you've not even delved into the Genefield Swifts and Trinents yeah, of the world some nah. unbelievable results in the Scottish Cup this weekend what about your goal of the weekend good choices I think yeah there were um, don't take this the wrong way Simon Murray against your beloved oh, no, it was good. no it was good good goal for Ross mm-hmm. County put them two up I think at that stage in the game bearing in mind a 3-3 not many 3-3 draws are 0-0 after 65 minutes all the action was crammed into that last 25 minutes half an hour if you like and when Simon Murray put County two up I think he would have thought it was a win bonus coming his way. That was an excellent finish. It was great footwork for him. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to give him a mention for Vassell. I think his performances have been great, and it was a really clever finish when he cut back in and drags it into the near post. But I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Bacchus for that for that opening goal oh, in that nice. game. It was a, a really nice finish. Uh, someone who doesn't get too many goals, but when he does, they're, they're special. So it was a really controlled, well executed finish. Okay, howler of the weekend. I think there, I think there are a few options. Just my humble opinion. I'm I'm, I'm normally a VAR guy. Oh, you hate it. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to give this as the howler, but I have to mention. It. I feel obliged to mention it. The Dundee goal that was disallowed. Uh, I just I've seen it over and over, and I cannot for the life of me think why it was uh, it was disallowed. But anyway, I'm not going to go for that. But I had to mention it. I'm going to go for Herring, uh, Peter Herring. 1-0 up, 90 minutes at Ibrox. You just cannot pull shirts in this day and age with VAR. You cannot be pulling an opposition player's shirt in the manner he did. And I know Stephen Naismith went on about the block and Lundstrom maybe stepped. Yes, yes, he probably did. But the pull was going on way before the block. Uh, I just, You just can't get away with it. And it's cost his team. I've even seen a lot of Hearts fans agreeing with you. But um, I'm sure we'll maybe get some different views between now and 8 o'clock. Roger? Um Steve McLean's post-match interview. I know you guys spoke about it in the show on Saturday night. Um, the way he threw the players under the bus, for want of a better expression. Um, if you are the St. Johnson chairman... Then reversed and went back the way. Chief exec, yeah, indeed. Or Chief Exec. What's easier to do? Do you get rid of 16 players or do you get rid of one manager? And we've seen it all before. And it was no surprise, I don't think, to anyone when Stephen McLean was sacked yesterday. Top man, top performer of the weekend. I'm going to stick with the game that I'm, I've went for result and goal. I'm going, to, I'm going, to, give it, I'm going to give it to Mandron. You know, I'm giving. I think he's been in good form. He's really, really important to St Mirren and, and how they play. And he got two goals, quite similar finishes as well. I love that finish, the side foot into the near post area as well. And again, big goals, big goals in the game for his team to give them that breathing space. So yeah, when you when you got a double and a four 0 win and your team are absolutely flying, why not? 
I tried to include something Gordon from the game Super scoreboard Sent me two on a Saturday So Joe Shaughnessy The most unlikely Two goal hero For Dundee Two goals in the last eight minutes At Livy A deserved win And he was saying He was doing shooting practice On the eve of the game And put two of them Into the school next door And had to go back And ask for the balls back There we go Get all the bad ones out the way As the saying goes 01419511025 You don't even need me To tee them up again But just in case We're in any doubt Dramatic game at Ibrox Yesterday Celtic dropping points Rio Hitati's injury Stephen Naismith's penalty Complaints Stephen McLean out of a job What more do you need? Pick up that phone Like Craig in Moody'sburn Has done How's it going Craig? It's going good, Gordon. You're not going to like me after what I'm going to say. I was just saying to the producer there, but yesterday reminded me of the, the Motherwell game in the COVID season, which I'm sure you remember. <laughs> I try to forget uh, about it, but yeah. I try to forget. Um, but aye, that was, you know, one nil down at home to Motherwell and scored two or three late goals. But I was just saying to the producer there, what the difference for me was yesterday, the likes of Lundstrom, young McCausland, who I thought has been a, a real game changer the last couple of sub-appearances he's made. And, you know, he's someone I'd like to get a run in the team. Um, but the reaction of the new players And as I say I've still got doubts You know Because like Satav, Golds and Ryan Jack There's been so many false dons um, With these guys in the team And you think You know they've, they've suffered so much Over the years It's like Have they got that winner's mentality But As I say Danilo Seema uh, Lunny um, The rest of them Just screaming I sit in the Sandy Jardin stand And they were screaming Right into the corner And it was as I say, I'm not getting too carried away, but I think it could be a, a, a real, you know, change. We'll see what happens, obviously, in the game at Parkhead on the 30th of December. But it gives them that, and it gives, as I was saying again, Clement. The, the main difference was you said, you know, would we have dropped points under Michael Beale? The stadium would have been empty an hour. If that was Michael Beale, probably lost two or three, three nil, to be honest with you. But Clement, you know, when Tav fired in the penalty, Clement's like Walter Smith would do he's like no 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 no, we're not settling for a point get back up the pitch you know and scored and that's the difference having a real football manager and um, you know it's we've had you know a lot of coaches if you like but for me I know it's very very early and I'll have Celtic fans laughing saying oh many times you heard this but for me Clement looks like a manager if that makes sense and I've got another point on something mm. Kenny said if that's alright as well. well let's bring the guys in what, because how do we how do you feel about that yesterday because Michael Beale maybe you know scraped a scraped a narrow win when the performance wasn't great and people said, "Oh, this is this is bad. This is a sign of things to come. This is papering over the cracks." But sometimes when a new manager does it, fans like Craig say, "Well, you know, this is good. This is a mentality shift. This is a sign that we're heading in the right direction." Which is it? But, but, but you're actually buying on with it because it's the manner of the win. You know, it's still a, a performance that's not good enough. It's still, for me, the per- last three weeks' performances have been very, very similar to what we were watching before. You know, Hibs were, were awful at Ibrox last week, absolutely awful. And, uh, and and Rangers took advantage of a lot of mistakes from Hibs and, and punished them. Through the week against Sparta Prague, it was, let's be honest, it could have been on the receiving end of a, a negative result. But maybe there's a more feel-good factor about the place. And they managed to hang in to get a really, really positive point. Yesterday, for long, long, long spells of that game, it looked like Rangers were going to lose another home game. Uh, and it took a penalty at the end from Tavernier and a, and a 93rd minute goal when, when the nine minutes was put up. So you can spin the positivity on it about the, the never never say die attitude, sticking to the very, very end again, like Craig says, like a real Rangers team should be going. Once you get that equaliser, there's no settling for the point we're going for the win, irrespective of how much time's left. I also agree with you. I don't think you should, any Rangers fans should be getting carried away at this moment. For, so for me, the performances have not been that different 
Yes, there's a different energy, there's a different manager at, at the helm, and again, Craig's probably right. It's someone now who has maybe shown that energy on the touch, and you've seen him trying to get the fans involved. And I say, and he's referenced it, and I have as well. He's referenced it on at least two or three occasions since he's been in. He's only been in two weeks. And he's referenced that energy at Ibrox and the big, big role that these Rangers fans can, can play, particularly at home. When that nine minutes went up, the roof came off, you know, because they thought, this is it, we've got nine minutes to go and get a win now, you know, and, and they duly obliged. So the fans have got such a big part to play. They need to believe, so it's great to, to sense the positivity for Craig and other fans that you hear mm. speaking about potential changes. But I think it's, it's small steps in the right direction. I think we'd said to Philip Clement last week, right, here's how you're going to start. You, you'll win at home to Hibs, you'll be under the cosh in Prague, but you'll come away with an nil-nil, and then you'll beat Hearts. It won't be great, but you'll beat Hearts. Philip Clement would have your hand off for that. But the pressure doesn't stop. He's now got his first away game in the Premiership at the, the Scott Foam Stadium, Dens Park for the old folk. On Wednesday night, that won't be easy. I saw Dundee at Levy on Saturday. Dundee are a decent side. They will be up for this, so that won't be easy. And then Hearts again at Hamden Sunday afternoon with the prize of a place in the first domestic cup final of the season. So the challenges keep coming for Philippe Clement. Um, we don't know the scale of the injury to Nico Raskin when he went off yesterday. Um, you would assume Danilo is now ahead of Dessers for the centre forward role. You wonder. Craig touching him there if young Ross McCausland is ahead of Sam Lammers now for a position in the team we need to wait and mm. see all that but the big t- you know December 30 that Craig referenced an awful long time away an awful long time away and a lot can change positively or negatively between now and then what else you got Craig? Yeah, just a couple of things. Um, I would agree with that because, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware of fixtures. I heard a funny call about the fixtures the other day. It made me laugh from a Celtic fan. But um, we've got a horrendous, you know, run of games. Away to Motherwell, away to Hearts, away to Hibs, away to Aberdeen. Probably somebody else I'm missing and then we go to Parkhead. So an awful lot can change. You know, it might not be five points, but I think if we get within touching distance of them at Parkhead, you know, it's a, it's a game changer uh, for the season. But my final point was um, on what... Ke- I'm sure it was Kenny. I might be losing my mind a wee bit here. But I would agree with his front four. Um, when everybody's fit, I would have Cantwell in the 10. I would have Seema and Tom Lawrence behind Danilo. Um, but as I say, young McCausland's really, really impressed me. Um, but Dessers and Sam Lammers are just... <laughs> if, we get, if we could get our money back on those two, it'd be brilliant. But I can't see it. But yeah, an awful long way to go. But... Just the final thing on Clement as well. I think that's really, really good because, you know, I, I've been going to Ibrox for 30 years. And, you know, the stadium's always, it doesn't matter, nine in a row season, this, that and the other. It was always half empty. And yes, there was empty seats here yesterday, but I think, you know, there was a lot more stayed to the end. And I think it's good the manager is calling that out because, you know, Ibrox is a, a, a stadium that can empty. It doesn't matter what the score is with 10 minutes to go. It looks as if it's, you know, a junior game at times, but... Um, I, th- I think that's been good and the manager seems a real straight talker a bit like sorry to keep going on about him but like Walter you know he seems like a real straight talker but yeah positive but quietly positive if that makes sense um, that we've got a proper manager at last Thank you very much to Craig what about the rest of you Rangers fans or anyone else who has an opinion on it do you share the same optimism or is the performance level still one that would concern you give us a call just now and we'll try and get you on next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. 
You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are about to be joined by Jack in Dalry. Jack, a Rangers fan before the break was feeling pretty positive about yesterday the manner of winning the game and so on are you the same or have you got more concerns about some of the performers? Hello? Got you Jack Hiya uh, I, So I think definitely it was an alright performance yesterday again uh, if it was Michael Beale, we'd have been down two or three nothing come the, that eighty ninth minute goal or whatever it was. Uh, I think though on on the guy's comment, we need to go to Park Head on the thirtieth of December. For me, it's all about Dundee and Wednesday night. We, we have to take it one game at a time. Just now under Philip Clement, it's not about. We'll see how we go on at Park Head for me. Park Head is a big moment for us. But it's all about one game at a time, in my eyes. Oh, Jack, you've got a future in football management, taking one game at a time. We like to think years in advance and throw out wild um, speculation on this show, Roger Hanna, but you can see the thought process. Jack is 100% correct, because if Rangers don't keep winning the way they have been in the last two or three weeks, then the 30th of December won't matter. Um, Rangers will need to keep winning, they'll need to keep pace. As the previous caller, Craig, said... They need to be within striking distance when they get to Celtic Park. But to do so, they need to keep winning and they need to hope Celtic have maybe one more slip like they did at Easter Road at the weekend. And that's it, because when, when Philip Clement came in, I think a lot of, of the feel was it was the, the players need to take responsibility, it was going to be the same players, how are you going to pick them up? You need to try and get more out of them and you need to get improvement, but you need to keep winning. You need to keep winning. You need to get past Hearts in the semi. You need to then go and lift the cup. And you can maybe start to build a little bit of momentum and belief. And at the moment, he's won his games. He's got a, a solid, as much as like it was it was a hard-fought point uh, away in Prague on Thursday night. He's, he's doing that. You know, it's no great performances. For me, anyway, I don't think they're, they're being as dominant as what you'd expect, Rangers, particularly in terms of yesterday's game, I think as much as Hearts allowed them to have the ball. You know, Stephen Naismith kind of made a conscious decision clearly at halftime that they were going to sit and they were going to protect. They barely got out and they just invited pressure on. So I would just, I would like to see more. You know, I would like to see improved performances as a team. I would like to see improved performances from the individuals. But you need to keep winning at Rangers. And, and that's it. So in his first two league games, he's done it. He's had two solid home wins against two of the so-called better teams, bigger teams in the country. So it's, it's job done. But it's like uh, like Jack says, it is game at a time. You need to go and take care of Dundee away. There is a lot of tough away fixtures coming up. So it's you have to maintain this this form, these results, whilst improving the performances. Mm. Uh, Jack, is there anything... Well, of the things that you need to see improve quickly, what, what, what would spring to mind? What do you need to see turned round or, or built upon quickly to keep this going? Definitely, I think uh, Philip needs to... Concentrating his defence. Uh, the defence at Ibrox has been terrible for a long while. I think personally, I'm not the manager, but personally, I think what he's got to do is move Tav up the field. Uh, and obviously, Pitt, I think it's one of the younger players in right back. Move Tav up the field. He's a much better player midfield than what he is in defence. Uh, I feel as though the, kind of, the defence at Ibrox has been shocking for a while, but Listen, it's early days. We'll see what's still to come. You see the pass, uh, passion in Philip Cumberland. He was standing at the side of that part when that goal went in. You've seen him. He was absolutely gone wild, which is great in a Rangers manager, which Michael Beale never had. But 
as I say, it's early days. We'll see what happens here, but it's been positive so far. Thank you very much, Jack and Delray. What about John and Cumbernauld? John, what do you take away from yesterday? I think it's a game of two halves. Uh, the second half, we just didn't want to get up. You can see that we were going to get something, and that's a big change for what we under Michael Beale. That was some, if that was Michael Beale, we would never have won that game more than a million years. But the Rangers players kept going, kept going, and eventually they got their just rewards. Oh, don't know if John's broken up a bit. Um, previous caller mentioned James Tavernier. I won't do it. I won't. I will not ask Kenny Miller if James Tavernier should be moved up the pitch because we, we can't revisit it for the 942nd time. Um, but Roger scores again, assists again, yeah, miss, missed a penalty. Uh, sometimes you know you wonder if the player steps up and takes the next one. It's a bit harsh in the defence. I think that Lawrence Shanklin goal yesterday was. The only goal Rangers have conceded in four games since Michael Beale left. So you can make an argument that the defence is getting better. Um, sometimes I think we kind of have it both ways. Sometimes, you know, if, if a team wins dramatically in the 90th minute, it's a sign that they're resilient and they've mm. got character and they're determined and they'll go right to the final whistle. And sometimes if a team wins in the 90th minute, it's because they've been hopeless for the previous 90 minutes. So I think. That will lift Rangers the way they won it yesterday. The way they won it yesterday will probably lift them more than beating Hibs 4 0 comprehensively the previous weekend. I think it will give them more self belief, confidence that they can go on and win games like that. And, you know, the manager saluted Tavernier's resilience for coming back from the penalty miss to score one and create one. I think the real winner yesterday is Danilo because you could see what it meant him to score that goal. I think he spoke after the game about the physical impact, the mental impact of that injury that he suffered at Perth, scoring his last goal for Rangers. And, and you wonder now if he could just kick on. Uh, I think we lost John. Let's try and get John back if we can. Um, Kenny, I think if we, if we can't get John back, I'll, I'll get him to elaborate, but I think he was about to go on and talk about the impact Danilo made, you know, coming on, does he have to be first choice now? I think he's, I think he will be first choice, and I think Philippe Clement will recognise that he probably is going to be his number nine. It's a, it's about where he's at in terms of his fitness and his sharpness and his ability to then maybe play ninety minutes. You know, I think he, he, he talked about Todd Cantwell the week before. I think Kamar Roof the week before, and there was one other player that wasn't mm. able to play ninety minutes. I think maybe that's where Danilo is at this moment, but he's played a half. You know, he's he's ready, he's scored. I would be very, very surprised if Wednesday night he doesn't start in, in the number nine role. And I think his first couple of appearances or his first few appearances, you've seen him in maybe in a different role than the number nine. I think the St Johnston game as a sole number nine in this 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 was the first time you've seen him kind of right through the middle. And I thought he looked, I think it was only 12, 13 minutes he played in that game before he scored and took that injury that he, uh, he looked pretty good there was some good movement Kamar Roof was playing off him uh, and then he comes on and has a half yesterday and I just think he looks a little bit more mobile he looks a little bit quicker uh, he's maybe not suffering as much as what uh, Dessers is at this moment so I think he needs to be and like I said I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start on Wednesday night after playing a half and obviously scoring a 93rd minute winner You do just wonder Roger the, a lot of the talk when the new manager came in Maybe he can get a tune out of Cyril Dessers and Sam Lammers and maybe he can. You just wonder if at, at what point he decides that the most direct route to getting results, which will be obviously more important than anything, is to not 
have those guys in the team who are, are clearly it's not it's not controversial. It's not overly critical. They're clearly just not at the level that any of them would like to be at the moment. No, and, and he's tried to get a tune out of them by keeping them in the team. They've started every game since he's been there. You wonder now if he'll want to take them out the firing line and maybe just work with them at the training ground. He didn't have too many options last Saturday before the Hibs game because of the injuries and players out the squad, players just coming back in from medium-term injuries. He now does have options. You know, Danilo could start at Dundee on Wednesday night. Um, Ross McCausland could start you know, Kieran Dowell was back at the bench he must be pushing for a place as well and I think the Rangers report have probably made mm. their mind up already about Dessers and Lammers and they might need to come out the team with a view to mm. perhaps going back in at a later date Fair enough, Dessers scored last weekend um, then played in Europe in midweek played again, it feels like still sort of waiting to see if there's going to be that big impact from the new manager how long is it going to take and if not, like we said, why hang around on it for ages if you do have other guys that could come in? Again, I th- and I think you'll see that in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, again, I don't know where Tom Lawrence is at with his injury. You know, but he's back a training really, really, this week, I think, was well, it? But it'll not be long before he's back in the team as well. Uh, while McCausland playing Steady Lammers, again, I'm just not sure. I think he's made really good impact in the, the small time that he's, he's got at the end of the last three or four games. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll start but when Tom Lawrence is fit and available and Danilo is fit and fully up to speed I think Rangers have got a decent front three front four if you want to call it if you, if you play with the ten the two wingers and the nine I think they've got decent players in there if, if the guys are fully fit and up to speed the, the job is going to be keeping them fit because there has been a real history of again for instance Lawrence has been played with injuries since he's came up to Glasgow you know Kamar Roof's been now what is it now four years at the club and he's he's constantly had these injuries and again uh, if Philippe Clement was talking about it getting to the root of the problem to stop it not just getting him back to play a few games and then be missing for a month you know because they need him available you know he's a he's a good player and if it's not going to be start all the time he's a really good player to have on the bench to come on and make an impact and, and that makes the, the squad stronger but in the short term Danilo's played a half, he's scored a goal, uh, it's got to fill him full of confidence, particularly in the manner of the, of the goal, and it's, and it's played its part in a huge victory, a much-needed victory as well. So I would expect him to kind of be in the team on uh, on Wednesday night against Dundee. Seema will obviously play, Cantwell will obviously play. There is that other slot available on that other, mm. that other side. Again, if Lammers is going to be there, is it going to be McCausland? Again, who knows? There's one thing I don't think it will be. I don't think it'll be Tavernier. It'll be further forward. Well, we can knock that in the head. For now, until next time, uh, let's bring in Michael, who's in Kent. How are you, Michael? Hi, good evening. What's happening tonight, Michael? What have you got for us? Uh, well, I know a lot here. I'm just curious uh, what your opinion would be on what's happening with the referees in Scotland. Being able to referee the teams that they support, how come it's only allowed in Scotland and not Allowed in the English in top in top leagues, it's only allowed in Scotland. Why is that? See, before we get to it, Michael, which which decision has sort of sparked this? Because obviously, I'm you know, I'm sure it was based on something from the weekend. Which of the it's, incidents? Well, it's, it's based on lots of things over the years. No, but no any particular one. But we can go to the game on Sunday, the, the Hearts and Rangers game. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a referee there. He supports the, the team that he's refereeing. It's it's crazy. How can you tell me that there's no going to be bias in there? Which of the penalty decisions do you think he got wrong? Oh, I'm not saying I'm not talking about 
uh, anything in particular the penalty decision. I'm just talking about the fact that referees are allowed to referee the teams that they mm. support. Yeah, that this should never be allowed. Yeah, this comes up time to time. Roger Hanna, what's your thoughts on it? Um, I just thought it was going to be based on that was a mistake yesterday or whatever. Expand it a little. We are not the biggest country. We don't have the biggest league, and we don't have the most referees. Um, we're now operating in the te- close your ears, Kenny. We're now operating with VAR. We only have two full-time VAR officials in the entire country: Andrew Dallas and Greg Aiken. If they couldn't VAR the teams that they have no idea what teams they support, but they couldn't VAR the teams they support, then that causes a problem. We've only got a very, very small number of Grade One referees in this country. Some of them aren't very good, but the the best ones tend to get the Premiership games, mm. top Championship games. If they couldn't referee the teams they support, I never really take any interest in what teams referees support. I'm not interested. But if they weren't allowed to referee the teams they support, I don't know whether they need to declare mm. allegiances or whatever. Where would Crawford Allen? Where would, who, how well, would he get pre- enough referees? To referee all the games well, the Presumably weekend. they wouldn't be allowed to referee the rivals either. How, how would it work practically Michael Because I think on the face of it You're you're, you're on to something in a logical sense If you were to arrive here and, and say Well you know is, is there a conflict But how would that work here Michael So if you're, a, if you're a Celtic fan Right which you are You want to get into refereeing You're not allowed to referee Celtic But you're also not allowed to referee Rangers Presumably because well this show would You know go round and round in circles on that so you're then trying to recruit referees in Scotland who are not allowed to referee Rangers or Celtic games. How would that work? We've got to get more referees into the game. The fact that we haven't got any referees going to the World Cup says everything about the quality. Yeah, but you're not talking about quality. You're, t- you're talking about bias. So to, again, again, practically, bias, how, yeah. practically how... How would it work? If you're, that means if you're a Celtic fan here, you're not allowed to ever referee Celtic or Rangers. And if you're a Rangers fan, you're not allowed to referee Rangers or Celtic. So you would be asking people to sign up for a lifetime of refereeing, let's be honest, and you're pretty much saying to them, see the cup finals, by the way, forget it, you'll never referee them because Celtic or Rangers will probably be in them. How would that recruitment drive work? And I'm genuinely asking, it's not... like It makes no difference to me. I, I've got no interest in becoming a ref. But you know, how, how would that work here? Because... Most other you reference other countries, but I'm going to guess that most other countries don't have, you know, what five six million population with whatever percentage of that dominated by by two clubs. Yeah, but you look at the other leagues. You, how how does it work with other leagues, and yet it can't work in Scotland? Because well, we just tried to point out the differences. How would it work, Michael? Then how would it work? You you tell me because it's your it's your theory. I said it make I have no skin in the game. It makes no difference to me. Do you think Scotland could operate with referees, but they wouldn't be allowed to referee Rangers or Celtic then because of how sort of polarized we are? You would be asking refs to sign up, and it means they could not referee the team they support ever or the rivals. How would it work practically? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, but you're asking. It's something that works in other countries. Not many countries have got the, that that split like we have, though. Well, listen, it's ridiculous, is, is what it is. It's just ridiculous because it's just never going to happen. Because the, the two teams that you're talking about, the two monsters in the country, it's the games that, as a player, you want to get to these clubs to play in the games. If you're not going to be a player... You, and you're going to be a ref You want to referee At the highest possible level That you can but you won't be you able want, to like, no, This is why I'm saying It's ridiculous 
You want to referee old firm games. You want to referee cup semi-finals and cup finals. Because see, to get to the World Cup in these situations, you need to referee the high-profile games and so show you can handle the situations. I get it. I get the thought behind it. It's never, ever going to happen. And by the way, another thing. John Beaton, no made a mistake. And uh, so again, I don't want to talk about John Beaton in this situation, well, but nothing, it's coming ridiculous. off the back. It's coming off the back of our Rangers getting two penalties again as if they get a penalty all the time. He, two stonewall penalties, absolutely bang on in the decisions. No made anything, there's no been any bias. And again, you're questioning, you're questioning these human beings' integrity as well. You know, like I just think it's, it's ridiculous mm. to even think that that is going to be something that could work in this country. I, I think it is probably important that we, I did ask Michael, he says it's not based on yesterday, it's based on loads of things, but I mean, we're not daft. I think clearly yeah. it comes on the back of, of yesterday. Did John Beaton get either of those penalty decisions wrong? Oh, I think we should discuss them did, first. Listen, it's an eye open. I had no idea John Beaton was a Hearts fan anyway. But <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at the two decisions yesterday, Toby Civic takes down Todd Cantwell in the box, it's a penalty kick. Uh, John Beaton's actually very well positioned there. Um, to give the penalty the one in added time as Kenny says um, if you look at the Manchester Derby probably taking place about the same time yeah, oh, sorry about that the, the lad Rasmus Hoyland pulling back Rodri in the box a very similar time I'd imagine yeah yeah and Peter Haring has just had a moment and has pulled back Conor Goldson in the box I think and you listen Rangers fans might want to phone in I think a bigger argument was it happened to Conor Goldson at Comarnock on the first Saturday of the season he was pulled back late on by a commander player in the box and the penalty mm. wasn't given to him. To be fair, I think those incidents were sometimes because you, they're asked to sort of almost guess where the ball's going to go. Is that Not every pull in the box is going to be a penalty, it's just not. But if it's one that is actually stopping a player getting to where the ball's going to be and so on, um, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one because I, this conversation, I would expect more of it if a howling mistake had been made yesterday, but I, I don't know if it falls into that category. Clearly, it does for some people. But listen, it doesn't fall into that. And even if it had been a howling mistake, I know you still question. I know that. People, I know. You know I know. But you know what I mean, though. Yeah, you know absolutely what I mean? get what you mean. But there was no none of that. So to come off the back again, like you say, you're looking at the obvious. You're looking at the penalty decisions, and there was no mistakes mm. made. It was a again, it's a well refereed game. Again, that's not as if there was much controversy within it in terms of a referee and. Uh, yeah. A perspective, so it's listen. I understand the points, and if and if you if if there was an opportunity to do it, I'm I'm sure this would have been discussed at some point as well because of the nature of these two clubs. It's just impossible, and it's not even fair. It's not even fair, yes, like you say, to ask a referee to actually. But you know what? You're never going to mm. referee the high. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just unless we get the Celtic fans to do the old firm games at Ibrox, Rangers fans to do the old idea, games yeah. at Celtic Park. Uh, and maybe a message to Michael and anyone else who thinks that we would all just take this in the chin, right? From from a hint of personal experience, the notion that a referee could just rock up at Hamden and say, "By the way, I'm a Kilmarnock fan," and everybody would go, right, "Okay, so yeah, right. we believe that." Yeah, so yeah, moving on. What team yeah. do you really support? Mm. Gordon, Let, Gordon Dale's a mother. Let's run this past you. Win a quarter of a million pounds. This is your chance Win a life-changing amount of cash A quarter of a million pounds You'll never need to referee another game again We've teamed up with our stations across the UK To bring you this incredible prize You could be a quarter millionaire uh, When Gemma Atkinson makes the winning call on Friday But you need to enter to win that quarter of a million pounds Text yes to 61025 
Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Enter on the website. Online entries are £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only. And all the rules for this Bauer Media Audio UK competition are on our website. We guarantee every penny paid out to one winner. And if it is you, the cash goes straight into your bank account after the call So lines close 5pm Friday the 3rd of November When Jim Atkinson makes the call There's no phrase or amount to remember You don't even have to pick up in five rings For your chance to win A quarter of a million pounds Takes yes to 61025 0141 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 0141 Looking back on the weekend's talking points There's probably enough to do us until midnight So if you think we're missing something You want to get something put across The easiest way really is to pick up that phone Like we have on the line right now uh, in fact, hold on a second, that's just disappeared So we'll go back uh, in just a second But you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB um, You can get your thoughts in on performances There's refereeing decisions like we've had already Injury news, Celtic fans How big a blow is Rio Hitati's absence? That's what it would be nice uh, to find out Rio Hitati out probably for the rest of the year I wonder how you feel about that one Any Hearts fans out there? Because this is obviously Glasgow in the West And dominated a bit by the Rangers side of things from yesterday um, and some Celtic fans on before upset on your behalf about the referee and you upset about it you annoyed with Stephen Naismith you annoyed with Peter Haring how do you look back on it because um, my goodness they they thought they had that surely at least a point in the bag yeah, yeah definitely and that, that's the thing that's been forgotten and, and among all the controversy it would have been a terrific result for Hearts um, they've not had a great run lately under Stephen Naismith They blew a two-goal lead in the derby against Hibs at Tynecastle. He's come in for a bit of stick They've got a League Cup semi-final against Rangers next weekend It would have been a huge fill-up for them going into that game And it all came crashing down in those nine added minutes And it's left a sort of cloud of gloom hanging over Tynecastle again, Gordon uh, let's hear a bit from Stephen A. Smith He says that decision to award Rangers a second penalty Cost his team in the defeat He says uh, Rangers um, Yeah, he doesn't believe it was a spot kick basically It's really disappointing That we're sitting here and we've not got anything from the game I think from our point of view we played really well And then the game hinges on the penalty for me That, that The whole outcome of the game hinges on the penalty decision I don't think it's a penalty I think that the full game, every corner There was blocking going on where Rangers players were not even interested in the ball, all they're doing looking at our man, blocking our players to stop them obviously losing their runner. There's a clear block on our man, John Lundstrom's not even interested in the ball, all he's doing is looking at our player, blocks him, and then it gets given by VAR that, that. so I've went and spoke to the referee who said he never show, gets shown any video footage of any block happening. Um, Kenny addressed that, he felt that yeah, there, there might be a block. Well, there is a block, and Stephen Smith could have a point. He felt the hold started before it. What was your take on that, that incident? Do you think that's a penalty? Yeah. I, do, I think nowadays it is a penalty. We, we mm. spoke about it earlier on the show. It's the same as in the Manchester Derby. You, players should know nowadays that they're not going to get mm. away with short pulls. In the old days, before VAR, yeah. it happened all the time. Guys would get pulled back, pulled down, pulled to the side. You could get away with it. You take your chances. Now with VAR, I think you're a bit foolish mm. to take your chances. Rasmund Hoyland found it in the Manchester Derby. 
Peter Haring found it yesterday. Yeah. I think I saw Dermot Gallagher on Sky saying something similar once the ref sees that he has to give a penalty. Does it fall into that category though that Stephen Naismith mentions there of Got to give you're going to you're going to be given a lot of penalties if you give them. Well, I think we are giving a lot of penalties. Well, you're a lot we? more then. Yeah, though. well, I think we're giving a lot more penalties. I mean, you still just... see some holding in the box going. I think under, I think I think they're a bit different. I think they're a bit. Like, you can be holding if you're close and you're and there's and you're and the contact's yeah. looking like it's both ways. In this situation, there is clear daylight. Yeah. Connor Goldson getting away for Peter Haring. And the, there's a full fist of Connor Goldson mm. shot prior to any contact, prior to any block. And but you know what? I think when Stephen Naismith actually does look it back and analyses the whole, the whole thing, I think he'll see the pull. It has to because it's a fact mm. that the pull happens before there's any block. And because of the distance between Goldson and Haring, you're just not getting away with that now. Mm. You just can't. Um, what about Patrick on the line? What's your take on this, Patrick? Hi, I've got two a couple of points to make to Kenny. Go for it. Right, Kenny, you says that just the previous caller there that nobody was questioning John Beaton. No, no, I says it would be questioning John Beaton. No, you says that, that nobody's questioning John Beaton. Nobody's disputing the penalty. That was your words. Yeah, because yeah, I don't I think... Are, are you disputing the penalty? I'm disputing... I'm disputing see before the penalty was given. Did oh, you yeah. see the touch there? The boy McCausland on the touchline. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, the... Yeah, the, the, the Right, the potential foul. I said, I think it could have been. Uh, I'm not saying it, it was, but there's nothing it can. There's there's nothing that anybody. It wasn't given, you know. So there's just there's there's nothing you can do. Listen, see if we're going to go through every single coming together of players, then we're going to say some are foul, some are no, some are given, some aren't. Uh, I think the problem with that one, Brian, isn't it? Is it? You, you, I think you've probably got a strong case to say it was a foul, but because it's. Because it's so far back, because it's not the same phase, then you know VR can't get involved. That would be the frustration on that one from Hart's perspective, wouldn't it? John Beaton's standing a couple of years away from it. It's a blatant push in the back. No, I get that, but in terms of like once you've either made that mistake or whatever, as can sometimes happen with free kicks, you know, seemingly innocuous free kicks in the your own half or on the touchline or whatever. I mean, you know, VAR can't do anything because it's not in the same phase of play. Right, I'm not talking about VAR. I'm talking about John Beaton. He's gone and watching mm. it. Yeah, he's willing to get, he's gave that free kick to Rangers, which is an absolute howler. Right? So after that, Rangers go up the park. Right? And this leads to the corner. Right? But the, the other point I was going to make about John Beaton, Kenny says that nobody's questioning him. Can you tell me why he played two minutes and 47 seconds when there was only two minutes injury time? Well, it's always a minimum, isn't it? You know, when the board goes up, the stadium announcer will say, you know, the referee's indicated there will be a minimum of two minutes, which means without sounding patronising that it, it can go beyond that if there's a stoppage within that time Right and nine, t- nine times out of ten it doesn't it? Well it just depends if there's something in that time doesn't it? And there was right, yesterday was it now? There was because right. the, the penalty was given yesterday at that point Right I'll go into the penalty now Now did you listen to Stephen I noticed he's having to play Stephen Naismith's interview after the game I literally just did it like two minutes ago Right oh, right. right well did you listen to his point? Yep See, see, see the penalty. See when Lundstrom blocks Peter Harren. That is where the fouls committed. See whatever happens after that. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I, you two have both addressed that. You felt like I absolutely agree. Or... I absolutely agree with you, Patrick. Had the pull happened after the block, then that that would not have been a penalty. It would not. But the pull started before the block. Like it's there for all we see. Like it is, it's clear before Haring's anywhere near John Lundstrom. He's got a full, a full fist to Conor Goldson's jersey. 
after that is after John Lundstrom has went in front of him. Yeah, yeah, no, John Lundstrom. John By the way, John, can I say John Lundstrom's allowed to move? Remember, he's allowed to move. He doesn't need to stand still. Before Haring is anywhere near Lundstrom, he's got a full fist of Conor Golson's jersey. This is just a fact. This is not about Rangers or Celtic. Now, this is just facts. John Lundstrom moves, but he's allowed to move, by the way. He is allowed to move in the box. He's not allowed to make contact. He's not. He's allowed to move. But before any contact, before Haring even gets close to Lundstrom, he's got a full fist to Conor Golson's jersey. These are just facts, Patrick. It's not about favouring one way or the other side. It's just the facts. But John Lundstrom has went in front of Peter Haring. And then the Goldson's got a run, and that is when he pulls him. <laughs> it's no, it's no though, Patrick. It's no, it's no. You're, you're watching the wrong thing, lad. We're it's just no. We'll have to agree to disagree at some point. You can have the decisive say, Roger Hanna. We're late for beat the pundit already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. Thescottishsun.co.uk/slash/football. That was some decisive say. Yeah, I mimed it. <laughs> Very quickly. Um, listen, he's given the penalty. I thought it was a penalty. Peter Haring... I don't think Patrick agrees. Well, Peter Haring is... He's taking a big chance. And it'll be fascinating to hear in the hard dressing room, you know, David Martindale come out after the Levy game, slammed Christian Montano for his foolish gesture at the weekend when Oof. he got the red card. Mm. I wonder internally, what does Stephen Naismith say to Peter Haring? It's just a pity we, we, we never ever in this show... Have any guys who are on the inside of the hearts dressing them at the weekend and come on Where and is he? Night Where and is tell he? us what's actually happened? It's beat the pundit time. If you want to take on Kenny or Roger, it's 01419511025 and the lines close at 7. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Played one super scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. It's 01419511025. Just in the news, they're reminding me Halloween tomorrow. Gordon Dale, if you're listening, fancy dress is compulsory for tomorrow night's show. And uh, if you're looking for some inspiration, between now and 8 o'clock, I'll get the listeners to tweet in what Gordon Dale should dress up as tomorrow. And we'll give them some ideas. Think that'll catch on? Oh, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, me too. I couldn't agree with myself more. Uh, right, anyway, we're looking over the weekend's big talking points. Celtic fans, been asking to hear from you and the game at Easter Road, Rio Hatati's injury, how big a, a blow is it? Or are you confident you can go on without him for the rest of the year? Pick up the phone now. Uh, we'll hear from you after we play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. Roger and Kenny standing by. John is on the line. How's it going, John? All good, what about yourself? Not bad at all, John, not bad I mean, I always say it, I admire the bravery I think Roger Hanna got, what was it, nine last week? Just the nine? Yeah Unbeat the pundit, John So it's going to take something special to topple him Well, toss it a coin, hopefully I get Kenny <laughs> Unbeaten this no season problem. as well yeah. Keep saying it every night, just <laughs> ah, in case yep. it jinxes him um, I, What did we decide on? Are we going to minus two? No, we're not no. That, I, I think that would be very harsh I'll do your deal if Gordon Dale wears fancy dress for the full two hours of tomorrow's show, uh-huh. I'll do minus two uh, next week. Okay, I could, I could get on board with that. Yeah, Aye, Just next week though, Roger. Just next just week. Next week so there we go. Uh, right, heads it will be Roger, tails it will be Kenny Miller. And it is heads. He says he's minus one for now, but I'll read the questions really slowly for him, John. Give him an extra Good disadvantage. Luck, sure, Let's sure. give Roger some greatest hits radio to listen to so he can't hear us. Uh, and that means, John, I'm sure you know the drill, but it's 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can. And if you want to pass and move on, that's absolutely fine, OK? Perfect. Right, your 30 seconds, John, starts 
now. Name any player to score a double in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend. Uh, Joe Sean, Sean and Which SPFL club is Darren Young the manager of? Oh, uh, pass. Who was the first player to come off the bench for Rangers yesterday? Oh, pass, pass. Who put Stenhouse Muir out the Scottish Cup? Which Highland League side? Forest Mechanics. Who did Neil Lennon finish his playing career at? What championship side in Scotland's got the biggest capacity stadium? East End Park. Who finished third in the Scottish Premiership last season? Aberdeen. Okay. Roger Hanna, can you hear us? Yes? No? Sorry. Can you hear me now? I'm going to assume. Good, right. Listen to Cutting Crew. Never heard of it. Right from the 80s. Uh, 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Name any player to score a double in the Premiership at the Joe weekend. Shaughnessy. Which SPFL club is Darren Young the manager of? Sterling. Who was the first player to come off the bench for Rangers yesterday? Uh, Danilo. Stenhouse Muir were put out the Scottish Cup by which Highland League Rora. side? Who did Neil Lennon finish his playing career at? Nottingham Forest. Which Championship side has the stadium with the biggest capacity? Dundee United. Who finished third in the Scottish Premiership last season? Okay. Have you done enough, John? Nope, he's done, mate. Oh, it's never a good feeling, is it? I must admit. I, 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 I think just by one, we minus one. But I do think we need. I think we do need minus two. Well, I've told you how to achieve your goal. But that relies on Gordon. Get the the rest of Scooby Doo in the show tomorrow night. Oh, good show. <laughs> good show. And we'll go to min- Scooby Doo means minus two. I, was good. <laughs> I feel like Mark Wilson could really pull off Shaggy. Sorry? Yeah. But they've been there. Uh, or if you just went away wore last week with that jacket on. <laughs> Is that one of the episodes that never made no, it never made it to air? No, um but of course he's not he's he's been separated. They've divorced on a Friday night uh, Tuesday night, sorry. So Simon Donnelly, pressure's on you uh, mm. to come in come up with something. Anyway, let's go through them and find out. Joe Shognessy and Mikel Mandron got doubles. So you both got Correct, so you're, you're still leading by one, John. Uh, Sterling oh. Albion is Darren Young's team at the moment, so that's Roger level. Danilo came on first for Rangers, so Roger goes one in front. He then goes two in front because Stenhouse Muir were put out the cup by Brora. What a weekend it was in the cup. Incredible. Elgin, playing yeah. in the SPFL. Gene Field Swifts beating them 6-0. I mean, you hear a cup shot, and sometimes biggest, at that level, biggest win by a non-league team mm-hmm. against a league team since mm-hmm. 1896, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Trenent putting seven 0 against East Kilbride, yeah. some incredible results. Then Barbie, yeah. Um, someone pulled from the crowd to be an official at Dumbarton. Yep. Who what, did they equalise in the hundred and twelfth? They won it in the hundred and twelfth minute yeah. or something like that. Jeez. Suggestion the line was a Dumbarton fan that shouldn't have been allowed. Should have been asked And he's away in You're right um, Neil Lennon You both went Nottingham Forest But you missed The nine league appearances For Wickham Wonders oh, After Oh no Would have been all night Okay So Roger's still in front This is a sneaky one Which championship sides Get the biggest capacity stadium Is it going to be a wacky one Like did Fairmont No but where the Queen's Park play At the moment Oh cheeky <laughs> Cheeky Cheeky, yeah. it's cheeky. Aye, 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 uh, yeah. So Roger stays in front You both knew that Aberdeen finished third But it was not enough John You have been beaten by The man who wins more often than not Hard lines What was that? 4-2 One, 4-2 two, yeah, I think, John. 4-2 in the end John Ah, I'll take that You'll take, take it Not too bad Good man John See you later Thank you John Bye. Is that where we've got to? People are taking a 4-2 defeat. Quit. 
what happened with the nine last week was that the nine straight or there was a wee wrong answer no, in between nine, nine straight and missed out in the tenth and then he got he missed well, out in the tenth the tenth <laughs> I'll ask you the tenth see if you get it of course he'll get it <clears throat> true or false oh. <laughs> Ange Postacoglu once had a walk on part in Neighbours false of course it's false I said true <laughs> Okay. I, was, I was more a home and away man I, didn't, I never watched them I didn't know Sensational right So uh, That is worse one. than uh, Avril Lavigne I think No 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 Nothing is worse than Avril Lavigne For um, for anyone <clears> who didn't hear that That's when Hugh Keevans thought Avril Lavigne was Craig Lavigne's niece <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right. Saying it back Slowly It just uh, yeah. feels, feels wrong <clears throat> Anyway 01419511025 uh, Let's bring in Brian Who's a Celtic fan What do you think of the weekend's Performance result Brian? Uh, I just think it was a hangover for the Atletico game during the midweek. It's like we put so much into that game in the midweek, and then it's like with the Hatati injury as well. That's going to sort of be bad for us, I know. But Turnbull will maybe sort of start getting a run out for us. Yeah, what about this notion? Because look, I, we are we are fair and honest people here. Hugh Keevans predicted a Celtic hangover specifically, and we mocked him because we said that he always says that about Celtic and invariably. Uh, they go on and win the game So Broken clock and all that And yeah. this was a good weekend To use I, the clock analogy But If you look at someone That take dies in Maida Who's Seemingly always Battery powered If you look at someone Like him at the weekend Is there a case to say That the exertions of midweek Played a part Yeah I said at the top of the show I don't think there's any question about that I don't think Brendan Rodgers Will panic for a moment um, The most incredible start of the weekend Was Andrew McLean's That Brendan Rodgers Has never won at Easter Road so Celtic teams have stumbled there in the past I don't think it's a disaster for Celtic It's only the second time this season They've dropped points in the Premiership They're still five points clear um, I'll be interested to see though His team selection after the trip to Madrid When Celtic come back and play their first game after that Because you know, Barry Robson said the same thing He regretted not refreshing the Aberdeen team more At Kilmarnock yesterday That Thursday to Sunday thing Celtic Wednesday to Saturday and I think maybe if Brendan Rodgers had the chance again, he might just have refreshed one or two more players because there did look to be a little bit of fatigue at the root of that Celtic performance. Is that part of it? <clears throat> I think it can be. Uh, I mean, Celtic is a football club and these players, what they've done over the last few scenes, should be used to it. Playing midweek games, again, it's it's, it's, it's in the DNA, the club that, you be, that, that you're in European competitions. Uh I actually, I actually quite enjoyed the game. You know, as a as a nil nil, I don't think it was a boring nil nil. I think the, maybe there was a a lack of the, the usual intensity of the way Celtic play, both on and off the ball. Uh, but I still think they they got in good enough areas to to go and score goals. They just never got it right. You know, Hibs defended well. They made it tough for them. Again, they deserved the point. You know, so. Uh, yeah, listen to these games, particularly when you're playing against one of the best teams in Europe, like the the physical, the mm-hmm. emotional kind of roller coaster that you go on through these games, particularly in a game like that, was uh, it definitely takes it out of you, you know. But I think these players have, have been through that often enough to to know. And again, Brendan Rodgers knows his team, you know, and if he's, he would have had probably the discussions with him and his staff should we make changes will we I just think they are starting to hit form and they're hitting top gear that maybe he's you know what let's roll the dice again you know? what thought, isn't let, it? let's go do it we're already losing one of our big players and Hattati's going missing and Bernardo comes in uh, now let's, let's just let them go there and win the game um, I mean Roger the the phone in after the game and, and please keep them coming I know that Monday night sometimes is a 
a clearer head to look back on it all. Um, but we got a lot of calls along the theme of, you know, the squad's not deep enough. The you know the backup players. It's twenty twenty three. Why are we still turning to James Forrest and Mikey Johnson? That was the sort of theme well, of of the calls after the, the game. Is that is that fair? The squad's deep enough in terms of quantity. I think where Brendan Rodgers maybe is an issue is the quality that's in the squad. You know, bear in mind he inherited vast vast majority of these players. Even some of the ones that came in in the summer, I think the deals were done before Brendan was coming back to the club. So, you know, he maybe just doesn't want to put these players into the team or doesn't feel they're ready to go into the team. Um, I saw someone tweeting at the weekend, Celtic never adequately replaced Georgios Giacomakis. Now, he was playing second fiddle to Kyogo, but he would come on and he would score. that Easter Road on Saturday was the kind of game Giacomakis would have come on and scored a winning goal for Celtic in. And at the minute, Celtic don't have that type of player on the bench. Always quite young, doesn't quite look ready to shoulder that burden of responsibility. And Celtic have gone back to James Forrest and Mikey Johnson because Brendan Rodgers believes they're better at the moment than Yang or some of the other, you know, mm. fringe players, for want of a better expression. And listen, Brian's talking about what happens after Hitati. Is it Turnbull? Well, Paolo Bernardo has had a couple of chances ahead of David Turnbull. But there's plenty of options there. You know, Odin Thiago home, Tomoki Iwata. It's not as if Celtic are short of players in there. Um, but maybe the manager just doesn't think they're quite ready to shoulder that burden yet. Uh, how big a blow is this injury to Rio Hitati, Brian? Yeah, I reckon it's a big one. Aye. But it's like, there is the depth there in the squad. So that's how I'm thinking like, yeah, Turnbull might come in. Oh, I've, I've no uh, doubt there, there are numerically there are number uh, options for sure. Uh, Kenny uh, Turnbull would be one, and Iwata, and um, we've got a scenario though where Celtic fans pointing out the other night, the other day. Sorry, guys like home, not not on the bench anymore. You know, not not part of the match day squad. Paulo Bernardo. There's no doubt Real Hatati's first choice amongst the names that were mentioned there. How big a blow do you think it is? I think now that he, he started to hit form. You know, I think it was, it was he signed his new contract. People say he got that done and now he, he kind of started to motor again. I think he's starting to really hit form along with a few other... In fact, along with Celtic as a, as a, as a team, they were starting to really see Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team starting to fire. And he was a big part of that. I think it's not only how good a player he is, it's the energy that he can bring to the team as well, in an attacking sense, but also off the ball as well. Turnbull's maybe not got that type of engine and that type of energy. He's a wonderful football player. And he started the season, let's not forget. He was getting picked ahead of at the start of the season. So there is a lot of options in there. Are they to the same, like Roger's saying, are they to the same level or is the drop-off maybe too much and maybe that's why Brendan never made the changes. But there's certainly options in there. And when someone gets injured, like anything, someone else is going to get an opportunity to go and stake a claim for a jersey. So that's why you're at the big clubs. You should have cover. You should have adequate cover as well in terms of the quality. So someone's going to get the opportunity in Hattati's absence. Uh, let's hear from Brendan Rodgers on it. Just he confirmed it today out until after Christmas. He says the club will explore all avenues to make sure his return to fitness is a lasting one. Not a definitive timeline, but he'll definitely be out for a few weeks. We're just waiting for it to, to settle down. We're just waiting on the result and then uh, we'll see where he's at. But he'll look quite a bad one. Real will be a big <coughs> loss, but was the performance of Paulo Bernardo the other night and what he contributed, was that a big positive? Yeah, it's always... It's always disappointing when, when players are, are missing and players of that quality. But 
our our strength is our team, and uh, and like you say, Paulo comes in, makes his first uh, well, it's the longest appearance he's he's made, and I thought he coped very very well. So uh, so yeah, we have a number of young players that can step up. If Rio's going to be out for a period of time, and and what it always does is it always presents an opportunity for for the guys and the guys that are working very hard will get the chance to come in and play. On a game like that, then when when points are dropped, Roger, it's very unlikely. The reason being, it, w- it would be inappropriate. It would be an inappropriate reaction to to panic completely and think that that's going to cause lasting, you know, major damage. As you say, it's it's still five points clear. Um, what it probably does do is for fans, like we mentioned, to to maybe just take a closer look at some of the options, maybe some of the recruitment priorities in January. Um, I mentioned, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just home. I think it was a um, Lager Bielka, yeah. um, Yang. Quan, obviously Tilio, there are a number of, of the summer signings either not even in the squad at all or, or not really getting a look in. So you wonder if Brendan Rodgers looks at games like the weekend and it, and it, it changes his thoughts at all on what's to come. Um, no, I don't think it would change his thoughts. If anything, I think it would probably confirm what he was thinking already. And you can add up Alejandro Bernabe to that as well. Hasn't been seen for some considerable period of time. I think there will be quite considerable changes in the January transfer window for Brendan Rodgers because he'll have had a lengthy look at his squad. He will have decided who he wants to take forward mm. in his squad. Just quickly then, what, what does that look like? Because you're not going to sell Quan and Yang and Lager Bielka and Holm and all these guys who just arrived in the summer and they are young and they might, they, you know, they might come good. So how do, what does that look like? I think it might even look like some of these players going elsewhere on loan. Perhaps you know Celtic haven't been shy. It, it, there's no, there's a gamble in every transfer you make. You don't hit everyone in perfection, and Celtic in the past have made signings, and if they haven't worked, they have turned it over quickly and they have got them back out the door quickly. So I think you know players will go out on loan, others might go permanently as well, and Brendan Rodgers will want more quality in the squad. We all all agreed there is no panic at Celtic just because of a nil-nil draw against Hibernian at Easter Road. Um, there's no panic at Celtic because of the injury to Rio Hitati, because there are other options. I think the panic may come if anything ever happened to Kyogo, because I'm not sure there are the other options there up top, and I think that might be the first thing that Brendan Rodgers addresses in January. Yeah, I think we've talked we've talked about this many times on the show, that in summer Celtic needed to sign a back, like you say, Giacomacus goes out the door, O has now been given. I mean, they had 25 minutes, half an hour with the with the stoppage time on on Saturday, and he's just not a, a capable replacement at this moment in time. You know, when Kyogo goes off, and there's talk of the shoulder injury, and it's going to eventually need kind of looked at or, or or operated on. That if he was to be missing, that would be a massive hole in that Celtic team. And it's not just the player and the goals; it's how he plays. You know, O's a different, a completely different player uh, to what Kyogo is and he's the one that has been replacing him as a substitute would Maeda then go through the middle but I also think Maeda's a different player and then you lose something on the side what, what he gives you so I think they will look at definitely look at maybe bringing a a backup for Kyogo mm. in January and I mean what else happens it's a tough window January's mm. a tough window but they need something signed O'Reilly and Hitati in January didn't they? Yeah can be done anyway thank you Brian let's Get a full-time teaser and more of your calls coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. 
Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are about to speak to Paul, who's a Celtic fan, on the line. But before we do that, let me give you to this question. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Okay, thank you to Nathan and Guruk for sending this one in. It's an email address you need, fulltime at Clyde1.com. If you think you can get a question that will trick the pundits, please send an email over and I'll do my best to get it on. So Nathan tonight says, can you name the last ten players to score in a Champions League final who've also scored against Celtic or Rangers in the Champions League at some point in their career. So it's a bit different this time testing some some of your European football knowledge perhaps. Can you name the last 10 players to score in a Champions League final who have also scored against Celtic or Rangers in the Champions League at some point in their career? Messi. Do you know he's not in the last 10? No. Would you believe? Unbelievable. I think he's like 11th or something on the list, 12th maybe. Wayne Rooney. Also just off. Just out. So th- those were both the 2011 final, right. yeah? Along with Pedro, in fact. Mm-hmm. So all of the all of the correct answers have since, scored in Champions League finals since, since then. Yes. Right, that's good. That's okay. Good. So the last 10 bit is, is applying to when they scored in the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Rather than when they scored against, against yeah. the Rangers. Oh, well, actually, it's probably it's, no. It's probably the same thing. Now that I look at it, Mo Salah. Yes, he got a few, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, just the what was it in the end? Three or four against Rangers last season. Yeah, and scored against Spurs, didn't he? Yeah, in that twenty nineteen finally did Mo Salah. Okay, Modric. No, no I don't know if he scored in a championship. Vinicius Junior. Yes, Vinicius Junior. Nice. Scored against Liverpool in the 2022 final. Scored against Celtic. Benzema. Yes. Real Madrid against Liverpool. And got two against Rangers in... For Leon. Yeah, way back. 2007-8. So, there we go. Um, Do you know what? You're actually off the hook because I'm just counting them up. There's actually only nine. It's not ten. So, you're fine. It's the last nine. There you go. Six to go. Six to go. Uh, right, we'll get them before the end of the show, I am sure. Let's bring in Paul, who's a Celtic fan. Paul, a lot of um, analysis of Celtic's backup players has been done since that dropping of points at the weekend. What's your take on it? Uh, well, I, I think there's there's more than enough strength and depth. I think it's just lack of game time for some. A couple of points actually gone. One in the striker role that will come on to. But you know, Bernardo is a Benfica. Uh, player, Portuguese international Mikey Johnson's been thriving in the Republic of Ireland team James Forrest, the most decorated player in Scotland uh, You know, and I think any team would, would love to have that kind of backup uh, on the on the bench uh, Iwata uh, can, can, can go into the McGregor role and allow McGregor to play where Hatate would be that he's proved that he can do that, so I think they'll get loads of options what, what was I a bit surprised about was it Brendan Rodgers didn't shake it up at all um, in, on Saturday. I don't know what Kenny and, and, and Roger feel about that. I thought he would, have, he would have made a lot of changes given the intensity of the, the Atletico game. 
It'll be interesting to see how many changes he makes against St Mirren <coughs> now on Wednesday night because clearly there, there was a degree of fatigue involved and, and the games are coming thick and fast. You know, it's it's St Mirren at Celtic Park Wednesday night. It's a, that long trip to Dingwall Saturday lunchtime and I think it's unrealistic to expect the same 11 to start all of the games. I know Bernardo came in for Hattati at the weekend but I would think things could be shaken up. It wouldn't surprise me to see action for Listen, I think Brian, the previous caller, mentioned David Turnbull. Could there be a start for James Forrest? Could there be a start for Mikey Johnson, who came back in from the cold at the weekend there? I think there will be changes somewhere along the line. And it, it's the same for all the teams. You know, Barry Robson, speaking after the game at Kilmarnock yesterday, lamenting the fact that he only made one change between that Pauk Salonica game on Thursday night, getting down to Kilmarnock on Sunday lunchtime. Mm. This time of year, when it's two games a week, every week really, for, for Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, I think there needs to be a degree of rotation. I'm going to test you, Paul, on your on your working. I think rather than your outcome, because that, no one really cares what I think of of how good the players are. And you're you're right. So that this is not to say that Mikey Johnson is bad or James Forrest is bad, but I wonder if the fact that James Forrest is so decorated does that really add anything to the debate about? Right now and, and, and what he's got to offer And similarly Mikey Johnson Good on him Playing for the Republic of Ireland But there are a lot of players In the Republic of Ireland team That wouldn't get a game For Celtic as well Aren't there? Uh, yeah I, I get what you're saying um, I, I think if, if James Forrest Was a was an experienced striker Then my workings would, would look better Because I think there's a place For a kind of I don't know A, a Danny Graham He's old, it's too old now But like, I know I've had Carlton Coles and people like that in the past but uh, maybe even bring Kenny Miller back he was, he's looking quite fit at the, the Masters but um, you know I think there's, an, there's a place for an experienced striker um, I think I think, if, I think if Mikey Johnson was Japanese or Korean or Spanish then he would get a whole I'm a, I'm a big fan I think he'd get a whole whole um, easier press so I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out and Mikey Johnson say that he's worth he's worth a, a punt on should he stay Injury free. Uh, my bigger point is that the Celtic strikers, in particular, historically, don't get a chance. Going back to Puke, going back to Klamala, um, and you know, famously Jack Amakis. And I, I don't know what the answer is, but we either bring in a a non uh, a non project, non development type striker, an older type striker, because uh, I take Kerry's point about Kyogo being injured. Uh, that that would be a, a, a massive hole in the, the squad. So, um, is there a place in January for a more experienced uh, mm. Jamie Vardy, for example? Oh. You we know, get him in in, in, the, in 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 January? You know, so, someone like that. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that, Roger. What about this? This is a kind of age-old debate about are players given a chance? And if the answer is no, though, is it? Because they've not deserved the chance, or they've yeah, not taken the one yeah, that's come I, along. I think you mentioned Mark Wilson. I think when talking about Celtic fringe players before the game kicked off at Easter Road actually on Saturday, saying Brendan Rodgers sees these guys Monday to Friday. Now we're in the unfortunate position, as indeed the Celtic supporters are. They can only judge these players on the ninety minutes, or in some instances the ten or fifteen minutes that they see them on a Saturday afternoon or a Wednesday night. Brendan Rodgers gets far, far longer to assess the qualities of these players, to assess the readiness of these players, and he will only put players in at the expense of a Maeda or a Kyogo or a O'Reilly or a McGregor if he thinks they're ready 
and they're better prepared for that game. And at the minute, clearly, he doesn't <coughs> think the guys in the fringes are able to challenge the ready-made, you know, number one picks. I like Paul style. Stick your neck on the line. None of this sitting in the fence. He's hanging his hat on Mikey Johnson. He thinks he can come good. Thinks he can be a, a top-level player for Celtic. Do you agree? Listen, a decent enough loan spell away. He's uh, he's found minutes tough. I mean, I, I yeah, really liked him as a young young player. Uh, I remember seeing him. Must have been what would that have been six seven years ago playing for Celtic B team or twenties, and he was outstanding player on the pitch. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries. You're right. Uh, I think as a starter, I think Celtic's team when it's fully fit and you're talking if you're if you're picking a game for a cup final tomorrow, it probably picks itself. But I, I, I agree. I think James Forrest, he only he started a few weeks back. It was against Livingston and then yeah. the sending off came and he had to come off. He was sacrificed. He was the one that was sacrificed. So so Brendan clearly trusts James Forrest. He clearly trusts Mikey Johnson. He going into a game at 0-0 where they needed a spark because they had lacked it. And by the way, Celtic's best probably moments in the game were, were that last mm-hmm. 20 minutes. They were throwing everything uh, to try and get the winner and it's probably when they played some of their most exciting stuff uh, in, in an attacking sense so it's uh, there's definitely a trust factor there though are they as good as or does he feel they're as good as the other ones uh, his starters maybe not that's why your starters you know but Celtic have got a strong squad there's no doubt about it yeah that is an interesting one maybe feeds into Paul's assessment that sometimes the kind of homegrown players if you like are treated a bit differently you know if they don't have a, an exotic sounding name or whatever yeah. because on on one hand, you've you've got that that logic, and then as Kenny says, well, you know, hold on a minute, were, were James Forrest, and Mikey Johnson, were they any worse than the players that started at the weekend? Um, and then on the other hand, you've got Celtic fans saying, yeah, but th- these guys have been here for years. It's looking backwards. If Ange Postacoglu, uh, if Ange Postacoglu was still the manager, or maybe more importantly, if Jota hadn't left, um, you know, w- would these guys be getting a game that has that area of the team yeah. progress so you can kind of see both sides John has left Leila Bad has got a long term injury um, Marco Tilio has a long term injury he's um, back fit though is he not? yeah yeah ageing back towards fitness but clearly Brendan Rodgers doesn't think if he is fit doesn't think Tilio and Yang well, that's, are better I think options that's than, probably, than Forrest and John that's a more pressing issue then isn't yeah. it? yeah and listen if, if Celtic had done on Saturday at Easter Road what Rangers did yesterday at Ibrox and sneaked one Probably undeserved. We wouldn't be talking about in it the tonight. Last minute. We yeah. wouldn't be talking about this tonight. True that. Very true. Thank you to Paul. 01419511025. We do have a managerial vacancy in the yeah. Scottish Premiership with so many big talking points on a Monday. Is that your CV? That, um, Absolutely not. <laughs> just scrubbing out some of the bits that he doesn't want included. Um, what did you make of it? Was there any coming back after Stephen McLean's. <clears throat> Post-match interview Do we have that actually? Yeah, let's, let's play it Let's hear Stephen McLean's Last stand on Saturday Do you know what? It's not acceptable Whether we had a good football Whether we played well first half Goals we lose Are unacceptable Basics of football And then the second half We just imploded It looked like a couple of the players Chucked it Yeah So yeah, It's my responsibility But lucky some of the, the players Will play for me again I just thought It's not happening under my watch So uh, whether I need to play young boys, uh, I thought it was really, really poor. You need to show a bravery in these situations as well, and you need you need people to lead. And I, I just thought we lacked that, and all over, all over. And you know something? It's uh, I've made eleven changes. I brought eleven players in. I got rid of seventeen, and uh, yeah, it just looked like some of them didn't want to be there. That's quite an accusation, Stephen. It shows you the severity of the situation. That's the truth. So people come out and say this and that, but. And I know it's my responsibility, 
and I'm just telling you what I've seen. So it's as simple as that, and I'm sure a lot of you seen the same thing as me. Well, we said it was strong at the time, but they're taking on a different complexion because you're joking aside, yes, they won't play for him again because he's no longer the manager. Um, was Is that is it the right call for St Johnson to pull the trigger? I think it was the only possible course of action after the interview at the weekend. Um, you look at it from a St Johnson director's point of view. St Johnson will need to stay in the Premiership. Um, the Brown family are trying to sell the club. It's proving difficult to sell the club. They think it's hard to sell it as a Premiership club. Way to try and sell it as a Championship club. So it's imperative for St Johnson's future that they stay in the top flight. They are five points adrift. They haven't won in the league. Their only win in any competition this season was at Alloa in the Via Play Cup groups in July. Um, they have a brand new squad, Steve McLean touching it, 17 players out, 11 in. Uh, a lot of them loan players from England, young players who have never been in this situation before. They look out of their depth, a lot of them. And we're now at a situation where they have had a 4-0 beating at St Mirren the weekend. The manager has accused the players of chucking it. The manager has said many of them won't play under him again. And if you're the board at St Mirren, sorry, at St Johnson, that relationship between players and manager looked irreparable on Saturday night and as we said earlier on in the last week in October you can't get rid of another dozen players Gordon if someone has to go it had to be the manager before the situation descended even lower uh, I wonder if there's a you know a split within that the divide um, interviewed Liam Gordon today club captain who said that the coaches couldn't have done any more and if that accusation of chucking it you know players just need to make sure that that can't be levelled at them again so it just sounded like he, he didn't Necessarily, um, well, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be part of a on on the side of things against the manager if that makes any sense. Worded that in a very clumsy fashion, um, but Roger's saying you know that relationship between players and manager doesn't sound like it was them all. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> what do you think? Was it the right way to go? Assuming you've not won a league game in nine games, and that is off the back of not qualifying for the league cup when you've lost when you touched on the game they won. Stenish Muir loss, Stirling Albion loss. 4 0 at home. 4 0 at home. And that was the week before uh, the week before the league season started. You win what you've won one game in thirteen. Listen, Stephen McLean like you know, have given absolutely everything to it every single day. There's no doubt about it. But when you're on this kind of run of results, and again go back to so even take the cup away because it's the early season and it's for bringing new players in and all that kind of nonsense that you hear managers make mm. excuses about. You've not won a game in nine league games. Stephen McLean would have knew he's feeling he's under pressure. He knew his probably job was going to be on the line at some point, or if he hadn't, what started to turn the corner yeah. and win games, he was going to suffer. It's just the nature of football, and you know everybody who gets into it understands that. So when you've not won a league game in nine, like I think it does become inevitable. I think what's extra fascinating about this managerial vacancy is it's been twelve years since St Johnson had to look. Out with the club for an appointment Steve Lomas was appointed 12 years ago He brought a certain Tommy Wright and his coaching staff Who took the job He had Callum Davidson on his coaching staff And he had Stephen McLean on his coaching staff Alec Cleland is an interim charge I think it's probably a safe assumption That he won't get the job Could be wrong Sorry Alex if you're um, if you're listening Just because he's been there before he's, he's done actually that role a couple of times He's been at the club for so long um, what 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 did they what direction did they go in? What names can you, you see? Are you immediately ruling out Tommy Wright or Callum Davidson? Not necessarily, no. 
It's an, it's an interesting one. I know the point you're making. Um, this has been coming for St. Johnson. You know, Stephen McLean came in at the back of Callum Davidson's departure last season and kept St. Johnson up by the skin of their teeth. 12 months earlier, they needed a home win in the playoff final, second leg against Inverness, to stay up by the skin of their teeth. This St. Johnson squad hasn't suddenly become bad overnight. It's been in decline since the season when they were terrific and won both domestic cups. They haven't kicked on from there. They lost the links of Jason Kerr and Ali McCann immediately after that. They weren't adequately replaced and the squad has been in decline ever mm. since. Yeah. I'll, I'll fl- fire some names that have been doing the rounds. There aren't that many. David Martindale. I think the St. John's board like him. Uh, I'm, I still struggle to see David Martindale operating <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah. Robbie Nielsen. Good shout. Good shout. Danny done the job for Dundee United in the Championship. Got Hearts back up. Got Hearts the third. Got them to cup finals. Good shout. Don't really have them anymore. If he'd want it, there's other ones again. For me, I think all the usual suspects will come out for the and their names will get kind of mentioned with that. I like Neil McCann. Always have done as a as a, as a coach. Worked under him briefly at Dundee United before he lost the sack. Uh, Dundee, I, th- I think he's uh, sorry Dundee. Oh, yeah. Sorry oh, Dundee. Oh, it's. Uh, Oh, you're saying Neil McCann can't, can't go because he was once at Dundee? No. No, that's no, Dundee, 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 Dundee. Dundee. So yeah. I think, again, I know Neil is a coach. Uh, whether it'd be interesting yeah. or no, again, you're just thinking of names. Neil Lennon. I don't think Neil Lennon would take Scott it. Brown. Kevin that's not Tom, a bad show. Kevin Thompson. These are guys I think would be interested in it. I think they would be interested in it. Well, we'll see. We will see. What about you two Tommy on this Wright. teaser? Tommy Wright, go back. Is it a very different place than the one that you left? Yeah, that might not be a bad thing though. Okay, uh, name the last ten, uh, last nine it is, isn't it? Last nine players to score in a Champions League final who've also scored against Celtic or Rangers in the Champions League at some point. Vinicius Junior, Mo Salah, Karim Benzema. Marata? Yes, last week. Yep. Didn't have long to go back for that one. And one more, Roger. Kingsley Coleman? Yes, Bayern... Um, against uh, sorry, scored Bayern against PSG in the final. Has scored against Celtic. We'll get the rest next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde one Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are into the final part of tonight's Clyde one Super Scoreboard. Still time to give us a call or send us a tweet. Uh, and we're working our way, or these two are, I should say. I know the answers because I've got them in front of me. Uh, can you name the last nine players to score in the Champions League final who've also scored against Celtic or Rangers at some point in their career? Vinicius Junior, Kingsley Coman, Mohamed Salah, Karim Benzema, and just the other week, Alvaro Morata. In fact, less than a week ago. Lewandowski? Uh, no, actually. Suarez? Yes. He scored against UV in the 2015 final and got two goals against Celtic. Neymar? Yes, Barcelona against... In fact, same same setup for him. Okay, so you've only got two to get. I'm sure we'll get them before the end of the show. Gus is a Kilmarnock fan on the line. You must be happy with yesterday, Gus. Yes, terrific, terrific. We're in great form just now. The last few results have set us up. A bit controversial, what I'm, I'm going to say. First of all, earlier in the show, I heard Kenny talking. He said... Uh, he said the best player, it wasn't the Vassal and it wasn't his goal. I don't know, he must have seen some game that i never seen. You know what I mean? Um, no, let's talk about Kilmarnock. If you were looking at the home form in this this season, Kilmarnock are top of the league. 
Did you know that? I didn't actually, no. Come on, I'm top of the league in home form, which in itself pulls up and a, a difficulty that the rest of the, the country talks about plastic pitches. Now, we have went doing this road, I think it's financial at the moment, but we're building. I mean, Billy Bowie's putting his money in there, he's got players tied down with contracts, he's got a leader on the park. We're in the process of setting up a new training facility just in the fringe of Kilmarnock. So it's one step. I think we will return to grass, but grass is detrimental to our away form. That's our issue just now. I think grass is, is our plastic pitch is detrimental to our away form. Still I'm talking about the pitch there. Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I hate to be this guy. I just had a quick look, but I think Rangers' home record. Rangers have played four one four at home, haven't they? Um, no, no, no. Aberdeen, Celtic. No, but sorry, still one four one four games. Sorry, at home, which is. 12 points Kelly have only got 11 points at home I was looking at it before they had played yeah that was sorry that. I just hate to be that guy Kelly have got a very good home record I know um, tell you what it was a great win yesterday they were brilliant as well mm-hmm. they were fully deserved the win uh, 2-0 the second half there was a spell where I just thought this is before just before the second goal they were, it was just building they were absolutely all over Aberdeen uh, I don't know what Gus was talking about with Vassell, to be honest with you. No, I, I, think say, he was, I think he was saying you should have you picked the, him for is, goal is the, the better weekend. goal? Yeah. Ah, well, listen, it was an outstanding goal, but there was another couple as well. But it was an outstanding goal for a player who's in top, top form at this moment, leading the line. He's got the captain's armband. If, if he's the one you're referencing as your leader, you're absolutely bang on, Gus. And he's now finding his feet in, in terms of goal scoring as well. But it was just an all-round performance. Again, Wilson and uh, Lyons in the middle of that pitch. They're, they've, been, they've had a wonderful season. Real legs, real energy. There are a lot uh, to do with Amy White Kilmarnock or doing well in my opinion. Gus, you've been impressed with David Watson as well, haven't you? Sorry, Watson. My yeah. problem with David Watson is, it's not a problem. David Watson will go. He, he, he's going to be too big a player for Kelly. If we were a bigger club, we could say, we'll tie him down to a contract, but we're no. We're a selling club. If we get the money for the old firm or for an English, he'll go. He's a better player than Kelly. Than Kelly. This is is terrible, Gus, you coming on trying to sell all your young players. You'd be ashamed of yourself. Get get, get money for the new pitch, though. On a serious serious note, Gus, I covered for Super Scoreboard Derek McInnes' first game as Kilmarnock manager. They were away at Queen of the South in the Championship. No guarantees of getting out of the Championship. Think of the journey Derek has taken Kilmarnock on from there, from a really ropey situation in the second tier where things could have really gone wrong for Kilmarnock to now sitting fourth in the Premiership tonight. Um, they could have taken more off Aberdeen yesterday. Quite easily have taken more off Aberdeen yesterday. I watched the game on the TV. It was a great start just about 10 seconds before Kyle Vassell scored that goal, that they did nine efforts in goal to Aberdeen's one, and I just thought, this might come back and haunt them, you know, not taking the chances, and Vassell stuck one in the bottom corner. He has been fantastic. Watson, Lyons, I mean, Lyons has transformed from the young man who played at St Myrna a couple of years ago. He's been terrific. I think the lad Mayo at the back, who's now in a full, you know, a full-time permanent commander player, mm. has come on, and I quite like the look at the goalie as well. Derek McInnes has done an outstanding job there. Quickly, because we're, we're not... Sorry, Gus, we're almost running out of time. Just to quickly on the other side, are, are Aberdeen in bother here? I mean, they're so close and so hard done by in Europe. They've shown flashes in European competition. They can they can perform well at times in games. League table doesn't look good. What's what's happening there? 
I think the I think the European venture is definitely taking its toll on the on the players, <clears throat> but they're going to have to deal with it and they're going to have to find a way to improve and, and start picking up results. I mean, there was talk here at the start of the season where they were right down there and they had a couple of good results, uh, but they're still in Europe. They are going to be for the next seven or eight weeks. They're going to have to just find a way in because at this moment in time, where, where they're sitting in the table is not where Aberdeen should be sitting in this Premier League table. The three non-old firm teams who represented Scotland in Europe last season, Motherwell sacked Graham Alexander, Dundee United sacked Jack Ross, Hearts sacked Robbie Nielsen. It is horrendously difficult to marry European football on a Thursday night with Premiership mm. football on a Sunday for the non-old firm side with smaller yeah. budgets. Barry Robson will need to get either patience from Dave Cormack or a real upsurge in form from his players. I'd leave Motherwell out of it because they binned the manager before the league even started, but I'd, I take your well, point. The, that was off the back of um, European... I know, but there was no European juggling movie. had to be done. They just dropped the first ball before they could even <laughs> pick up the next one. Uh, right, let's thank Gus. I liked your call, Gus. Let's do that again. Uh, we're going to round off this teaser. We're looking for the last nine players who've scored in a Champions League final and also scored at some point against Celtic or Rangers in the Champions League. Vinicius Jr., Kingsley Coman, Mo Salah, Karim Benzema, Neymar, Suarez, Morata. It's quite a list. Miller? Thomas Miller, yep. Gundogan? Nope, toughest one is the last. Scored for Real Madrid against UV in 2017 and got a goal against Celtic last season. Chris? Mm. I'll just put you out of your misery. I think we're fast running out of time. No, I, I can't, I'm just going to name every Real Madrid Natural. player. No, Marco Asensio. Oh. There we go. Thank you, Roger. And to Kenny, thanks for all your calls and your tweets. It was a lively night. And I'm sure we'll do it again tomorrow. Gordon Diel is going to dress up, I hope, for Halloween. He'll be disappointed uh, if he doesn't. Some good suggestions coming in as to what he should dress up as. Graham thinks a witch because, you know, he's got the, you know, the rest. Um, someone else made some nice suggestions as well I'll get I'll get, get him over to him and see how he fares ahead of tomorrow night so we'll leave it there for now we'll speak to you at 6 o'clock tomorrow stay right there Callum Gallagher's big quiz of last week is coming up next <laughs>